to lead us in a scripture reading today. And as Kay's coming up, I just remind you, I always forget to say this now. I want to every time. If you brought your Bible with you, you could open it up uh, to Matthew 4, verses 18, I think, right? Is that right, Kay? Matthew 4, verse 18, starting at uh, verse 18. Or you could also grab the red pew Bibles in front of you. It's okay. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat, and their father followed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Kay. Almost shouldn't have even sat down. That was a short one. She asked me today, last minute, uh, do you need somebody to read Scripture? And I said, sure. She said, is it a, is it a long, hard one? No, not at all, actually. This is the easiest one in quite some time. Good choice, Kay. <laughs> I want to begin today by asking you, when was the last time that you felt rushed or in a hurry? (laughs) Dean is scoffing. (laughs) Sorry, Dean, picking on you. (laughs) When was the last time you just felt like, ah, I don't have enough time. I need to get going. And you feel that kind of inner turmoil, that rushed feeling of being in a hurry. I know it's, it's pretty common. And even in older age, I'm sure that there are times because our bodies can't keep up in the same way, right? I'm 42 now. And I'm, I'm getting it now. I'm starting to get some of those aches and pains. You know, it's, it's not just an age thing. It's an internal thing of feeling rushed and in a hurry, not feeling like we have enough time. When was the last time that you felt that way? Just think about it for a second. Settle into that moment. What did that feel like? Aside from the hurry and the rush. Would you say that during that time you felt content? Or that you felt an abundance of peace? Or, you know, serenity? Like, oh, it's just all good. Would you feel, feel or say that you felt joyful in that moment? <laughs> Would you say that you felt like you were able to give and receive love in that moment when you were feeling rushed and in a hurry? No, I, you know, those, that's hard to feel that way. I, I don't know what those moments are like for you. I know at, at our house, it's when we're trying to get the kids out the door. Like, can you just get your shoes on and get out? Can you get going, please? <laughs> the last thing I feel like doing at that moment is saying, you know, I just love you so much. <laughs> you know, I just love you. <laughs> you know, or, oh, I'm just so grateful for this family. I know every moment's a blessing, right? <laughs> but in those moments, it does not feel that way. And that's just one example, but maybe times when I'm running late to get to Mankato for something important, maybe a visit or a meeting, or if I'm at the store and, you know, it's just, it's crowded and the line for the checkout is just so long and I'm just like, you know, I don't have time for this right now. Do you think that when I get up to the clerk that I want to say, so how was your day? Are you feeling good? You know, is is it all going well? Probably not. When I'm in those moments, when, when I'm experiencing that hurry and rush and in that kind of inner turmoil, I'm the least loving in those moments. 
I'm probably the shortest. I'm the most reactive. I uh, experience the least amount of joy. I experience the least amount of contentment and peace. I don't feel like everything's okay. I just feel like something's missing, and I need to get to it as fast as possible. The truth is, is that when we feel hurry and when when we feel rushed, most of us tend to be in a more of a reactive kind of posture, right? You notice that in yourself? More of a reactive kind of a thing. Either defensive or maybe anger is your response to that moment or being just kind of frustrated is sort of different from anger. And it's not always outward reactivity that we have. Sometimes when we feel like in a rush or, or we're overwhelmed, we're, we're moving too fast in our minds, that's when anxiety creeps in and takes over. Or worry. We're like just moving so fast inside that we can't keep up. Keep up. That's being reactive on the inside. It's a lot easier to be reactive in those moments when we feel rushed and in a hurry than it is to be responsive and calm and to decide how we want to live. It's a real challenge. And this sort of rushed posture is difficult for us to get out of. We, it's hard to move out of living this way. And I'm telling you, you already know this, this is more of the common, this is more of the norm experience in our world today. Moving so fast. It's so hard to get out of. And living this way with this kind of a posture for a long term actually prevents us from growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. It actually blocks us when we're always feeling rushed, always feeling in a hurry, always feeling like there's somewhere else we need to be or something else we need to do. It is almost impossible to grow in our faith. And remember now, I just talked about that. You owned it for yourself that when you're feeling rushed and in a hurry, it's very hard to give or receive love. It's hard to experience peace or joy. And then probably it's hard to have hope. (laughs) Like you don't feel like, oh, I'm just feeling so hopeful in this moment either. You just had that experience in your mind where you recognize that that's true. But just to add to to that, that fact or that reality is a quote from Dallas Willard, who's considered one of the spiritual formation giants of our time. He's since passed away. But Dallas Willard says that hurry is actually the great enemy of the spiritual life. The real enemy for us Christians is hurry, according to Dallas Willard. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. And he told someone he was mentoring during his life that you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. He said, what should I do? How do I grow deeper in faith? And that's what he said. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That was the only advice he he gave. He said, what else? What else should I do? And he said, that's it. That's it. Friends, last week we talked about the very common experience of our time of overwhelm. Most of us, if we're honest, experience overwhelm in some part of our day or week. There's just so much going on either in our day-to-day where we're trying to just keep up with our schedule, our calendar, or we're overwhelmed by what we see and hear about what's happening in our lives or other people's lives or in our world. We're overwhelmed. Maybe you're not, but I bet you know someone who is. And so don't tune out from this message. Don't just say, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm fine. Some people say, I'm not. I'm not overwhelmed. And that's great. But then as Christians, I would say we have a responsibility to try and help others who are feeling overwhelmed. That's why it's important to learn about other people's experience and say, Lord, how can you use me 
to help them. And maybe I can lead by example. Maybe I can share some of the things that I do to not feel overwhelmed. Most of us experience it for ourselves, I would say. But maybe the greatest contributor contributor to our state of overwhelm is moving too quickly in life. When I look at all of you, when I think about our church, and I think, what are the challenges to growing in discipleship and to really deepening our trust in Jesus and dependence upon the Holy Spirit in the life of our church? Trust me, it's not like your capacity to understand. And it's not your capacity to get things done. It's your state of being overwhelmed. It's the busyness that you've just, and me as well, I'm not pointing the finger, that we have just adopted as normal and okay. But yet, if we really were honest with ourselves, we would say we don't really like to live that way. We say, well, yeah, we're busy. (laughs) A lot going on. And then there's a little bit of a sigh. (sighs) It would be nice if we had one weekend where we could just catch up. Catch up around the house. Catch up with our friends and our family. Catch up with our time with the Lord. We would really like that experience because we need it to be filled We're moving faster than ever in our time in a physical sense. Ever since those darn cars, you know? (laughs) And trains, they just, they ruined everything, didn't they? (laughs) We're moving faster than ever in a physical sense and we're also moving faster in our minds than ever in history. We know more, we see more, we do more than ever. Our minds are moving so fast and we think it's normal, but we really can't keep up in a spiritual and emotional state causes us to feel overwhelmed. So to move out of overwhelmed is to have the willingness to make small changes in our lives over time and to slow down. And it might help you to slow down outwardly, to create space to start to slow down inwardly. For me, it helps to go sit outside or to go for a walk. My spiritual director says we, when we go into those spaces, when I go walk at seven mile, go for a hike, he said you're entering the slowing mentally, emotionally, spiritually. My body is the first move into that. So look at how Jesus lived. Do you you wonder what's the connection with the text for today as we're reading it? It's the first few words. As He walked. As Jesus walked. Did you ever wonder why did Jesus walk in His ministry? Ever think about that? He rode a donkey at some point. Don't you think as he's traveling around, he might have liked to have a donkey? I mean, he is God. Hey, can I borrow that donkey? Sure. <laughs> How long do you need it? Not sure. We'll see when people kill me. <laughs> you know, uh, Paul had a horse. I'm sure Jesus could have got a horse. There's a mention of car- like a carriage type vehicle in the Gospels, uh, or in the New Testament rather. Jesus could have done any of those things. You know, I have a lot to do. I have a lot of people to save. I'm saving the world. But he chose to walk everywhere that he went. He rode a donkey right at the end of his earthly ministry. And just for a little while as a symbol to say that he was the Messiah in a much different way than people had expected. Jesus chose to walk. And I wonder, I just wonder, I don't have proof I wonder if Jesus was trying to show us that this is how we should live at this speed so that we can notice. He could teach us the art of noticing, like what's happening around me. 
what's happening within me. What's happening with the people around me. If you read the Gospels closely, pay attention to this. It'll say, as he went, which is another way of, you know, you know he's walking, then he noticed someone in need. As Jesus walked along the Sea of Galilee, he saw the disciples and asked them to follow him. Jesus is showing us that there's something here about moving slowly in life. Maybe he wanted to help us notice the importance of slowing and, the art, and teach us the art of noticing and then responding to what we see. Theologian and author uh, Kasuki Koyama wrote a book called The Three Mile Per Hour God. And he says in this book, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. <laughs> if he was just about the accomplishments and outcomes in life. Love has its speed. Again, we talked about this right at the beginning. You agreed. Not out loud, I get it. But you agreed in your mind that you're not feeling love when you're in a rush. Koyama says, love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's, different, it's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It is slow, yet it is lowered over all the other speeds since it is the speed of love. So Jesus moves at the speed of love. Jesus moves at the speed of joy and peace on purpose. Slowing down outwardly creates space for an inner slowness, which is essential for giving. I know we all want to give these things to others. We all would like to be loving, I would hope. It's essential for giving, but also, maybe more importantly, receiving love. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to receive God's love if I'm feeling in a rush or if I feel like I've just got too much to do or I can't get to all the places I need to. It's very hard for me to just sit and, and receive God's love. It's hard, isn't it? And first of all, maybe most important, I'm not patient enough. I tend to try and move quickly. I want things to be done now. I want to know what I need to know now in terms of learning. I want to see the outcomes that I think are right now, not five years from now. When I was on the golf course, that's how fast we moved. You know, you go out and you do the job and you see the outcome right after. Maybe you know this already, parish ministry does not work that way. <laughs> it's like years sometimes before you start to see the fruit of what you're doing and sometimes you don't see it ever. And that's how our spiritual life is as well. I would like to move quickly in life. But the spiritual life does not move at that pace. So if I want to grow in faith, if I want to grow in kindness, or compassion, or forgiveness, or joy and peace, which, you know, yeah, give me more of those, please. I need to practice the slowing. I need to practice it. Just like I would practice anything else that I would want to get better at in life. Isn't that what you have to do if you want to get better at something? Practice, practice, practice. If you want your kid to be good at playing softball, what do you have to do? Softball families? Practice. <laughs> I didn't give you a heads up. I was going to ask you that. You practice. If you want to get better at your job, you practice. So I'm really proud of our church because you know what? We practice the slowing. Do you know when we do it? We practice during centering prayer. Every time, every week. That's one of the main reasons we do that. 
we practice during Lectio Divina. We're slowing down. We're trying to tune in to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit through the Word shared with us. And through those 30 seconds of silence. That was on purpose. It was on purpose that those were added to our worship service because, again, this is the norm that we are always feeling rushed. Maybe that's the only time in the whole week that you can slow down. And in, inwardly, please nod if this is your experience during Lectio Divina. Inwardly, you're saying, when is this over? <laughs> I, what are we having for lunch today? What time is the Vikings game? You know? <laughs> You can laugh, it's funny. <laughs> That's my experience too, right? And it's proof when we're in that space that we need to practice. That our natural tendency is to want to move at the speed that's available to us, which is what we see in every other area of our life. But we can't uh, believe that that's how fast the spiritual life goes. Can't believe it. Friends, to, over, to overcome overwhelm, we need to practice outwardly and inwardly slowing because as another favorite of mine, John Mark Comer, says, joy, peace, and love are all incompatible with hurry. They're all incompatible with hurry. So to follow Jesus is an invitation to move at His speed. Maybe not literally. I'm not suggesting that we walk everywhere. Or that we always have to just ride our bike everywhere, that we give up on cars or airplanes or any of that. But I know that when we were forced to slow during the pandemic, many people said, you know, this, a lot of this is hard, but a lot of this feels really good. We're having dinner together. We're going for walks. I mean, you couldn't find a bike during that time. And I think that maybe that was an opportunity to live in a different way. We need to go on this journey of responding in love rather than reacting to our fears or our worries or anxieties. James says that we heard it like this. James says, you must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to, be, to become angry. James is talking about a, an inner slowness because it's hard to be slow, or slow to speak if inwardly you just can't. You just can't slow down. You just say. Maybe not if you're an introvert. You just listen, but you think about something else. Slow to become angry is talking about an inner slowness that chooses to respond with love, peace, and joy rather than just succumb to whatever is making you angry. We're really, we're trying to become like Jesus, which is uh, what we read in our opening our opening verse, which I lost now. I didn't mark it. See, and now I'm feeling hurried. I don't have enough time. Which is true. It's not an unlimited time. This is, we're, we're trying to become like God and, and specifically become like Jesus. To grow in holiness. And in Psalm 145, we read, uh, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, in abounding in steadfast love. That's how, who God is. That's how God responds every time. Again, not in a hurry, but steadfast love is that picture of just continual, ever-present love. That's not in a hurry that doesn't have anywhere to go that is totally com content with what's happening right here in the moment. And this description of God is exactly what God gave to Moses. And we read in 
uh, three of the Psalms. And again, in uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 14, this is a common description of God. And these are all uh, ways of describing an inner slowness of the mind and the heart. Noticing, overreacting, practicing patience and inner resolve to love. Not just become angry or judgmental or afraid. And some of you will say, well, I don't ever get angry. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't get angry in a way where it's a problem, right? Or I don't, it's not a problem for me. But sometimes when, we, when we're afraid of things or when they're causing us anxiety and worry, we avoid it. Or we numb is probably the most common one in today that we see today. Numbing in some kind of a way through uh, overstimulation of the phone or Netflix or obviously drugs and alcohol. We can numb and we can avoid as a reactive kind of a response. I need something. Rather than just slowing down and letting the, sl- letting the slow creep into our soul, into our heart, so that we can receive love, peace, and joy. Practice is the key word. Practicing through centering prayer, I mentioned. I practice slowing by walking, of course, through riding my bike. When I ride my bike, I run into people. It happens here. And I I run into them and I stop and I talk. And even though I felt like I had somewhere to go, I have to get this done, what God does in that moment where I'm interrupted on my bike is way more profound than anything I could have ever generated working on my own even though that's what I felt like I needed to get to. Handwriting is a way that I slow my mind. It's not as fast as typing, but it helps me to be present to God. And I, I actually handwrite. This is all handwritten. It's so that you can't come up here and read it. That's really why. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's the real reason. <laughs> But that's why I, I journal in the same re- Every morning I try to journal. Uh, one page, front and back. Gratitude, things that I'm worried about, or bo- things that are bothering me, just trying to pick one thing. And then a couple things that will make the day great. Not the whole list of things I feel like I ought to do, but just a couple things that I can feel good about. We need to practice this. So maybe for you it's just some simple things like driving the speed limit. Not feeling like I need to get there... You know, right? If you need to be there on time, then what? Leave earlier, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe get more sleep. Well, if you want to get up early and, and not feel exhausted, you might need to go to bed earlier. You know, all of our all of our actions, all of our habits are uh, are tied together. Uh, a big one that I see in our time, a way of slowing, call someone rather than text. It's not that much more time, really. You can say, I got to go. After three minutes, you can say, I got to go. You probably spent the same amount of time as you would in a text. I'm saying I challenge myself in that way. Just call. Just call. I don't know. You need to find your own ways of practicing. The key is to practice. Whatever helps you to slow down. Maybe outwardly, probably not literally, Garnan. You know, I'm not worried about you slowing down uh, physically. (laughs) But sometimes it's the, it's the inward space that's the hardest to slow down. I'm thinking probably most of the time. And this, uh, this is where our limits come in. Last week we talked about overcoming overwhelm and knowing our limits. You know, how much can we give and what do we need to receive? This is where if you want to slow down in life, you almost need to start with limits. 
And you, you, you need to prioritize, you know, what is it that I have to do today? What's most important to me? What are my values? How am I going to live them out today? And if you can work backwards from there and say this is what's most important, then you can add an extra 15 minutes before your next meeting to pray or to just breathe deeply. And if you know, well, this is what's most important to me, you can say, well, I don't, maybe I don't want to watch a movie tonight. I want to go to bed early so that I can get up in the morning and spend some alone time with the Lord. You know, we have to also prioritize what is most important. And then we have to try and dismiss things that come up that aren't our priority. What my, one of my mentors and coaches, he uh, calls it the tyranny of the urgent. How often do you receive the tyranny of the urgent? Probably every time your phone goes, ding, ding! <laughs> you know? So, well, we can turn those off. Tyranny of the urgent, you are not Lord of my life. I'm not going to move at that speed of my phone because inwardly it makes me feel not the way I want to feel. We need to prioritize what we're wanting to do and know our limits to, not, to make a choice to not live outside of our limits and then live that way with, with courage depending upon the Holy Spirit. That's where we talked about the the must do, the should do, the could do, and won't do. Start by saying, these are the things that I will not do. I will not text and drive. Why? Not because it's illegal, but because I don't want to be in that rushed kind of space. I can wait to look at my phone. Or I won't stay up past, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Just saying some things that you're not going to do, and then eventually the Spirit will give you the discernment to say, these are the things that I must do to be well, to be filled with love, peace, and joy. And next week, this whole idea of prioritizing and, and choosing how we want to live is so important that we're going to talk about it for the message next week. It's, it's probably the most important thing. We've talked about it before, the rule of life. If you remember that from January, we talked about the rule of life as saying, how do I want to live? Who do I want to become? More on that next week. Friends, this is the truth that we are made to give and receive love, joy, and peace. All of those are incompatible with hurry. You don't need to live in a state of overwhelm. Jesus doesn't want you to. Jesus said, I came so that you would have life. Life in all of its fullness. Let's slow down together. Let's slow down to the three mile per hour speed of the Gospel so that we can receive the fullness of life that Jesus offers to us. Amen.